I've got the boys together. Jonas. So do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hang with the Boys, a boys fan show podcast where we break down and discuss every new episode, all the nitty gritty details, the sex, the violence, the drugs, the rock and roll and the story and the other things that actually matter. So listen, sex is all that matters. If it's if you're watching the deep does it in the blowhole, then yes, give me some of that Stormfront sex. Stormfront sex? I'm not into Stormfront, but when she's having sex, I'm into her. When they do a starlight, you know. Where's the starlight sex where's the this starlight season? Se- well, no, we had it, but. and the It's lights- all romantic. I don't give all- a shit about I want some <laughs> lustful <laughs> sex. You want some down and dirty I humping? I want some Huey thirsty sex. I want to see Huey, Huey acting thirsty, thirsty as sex. fuck sex. <laughs> that was too much lovemaking. Well, at, once his wound heals after he saved her and her mom, you know he's getting oh, it's gonna like happen. the blowjob of a lifetime. Oh, it's going to happen. She's gonna, he's going to light up his dick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're also very intellectual and classy on this show. Are we? No, not at all. That's a lie. And then you know what happens? It's when Ryan leaves because he's. It's usually all contained within his banter and mm-hmm. random statements, and then you feed off of that. I got to step it up though. Then when you he's step gone. it up, and when then he's you gone, step and then I up. feed into it when he's gone. Because when it's him here, I, I can't help him. No. It'll just get worse. Oh, now you have to fill the void. I have to fill the void. Otherwise, like it would just did be to me Starlight. talking about sex. And it'd be very <laughs> strange if you were silent. And I'm just and talking just, like, about it. I ignored you and kept going. Like, yeah, move it on. Anyway, so in episode... <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. But it's, you know, we're amongst friends, right? This show had a whole several minutes of porn scenes and analogies to help... <laughs> To help motivate a deeply troubled individual to helping out, kind of, sort of, not really. Dude, next time my buddy is like kind of on the fence about something, yeah, I'm going to be like, come on, dude, let's go fuck the wife. You want to be the cuck or the guy who fucks the wife? See, that's, that's the way you motivate. Or you're going to learn something really interesting about your friend. That's true. <laughs> I never motivate a family member that way, especially oh. your mother, your father. It'd be very weird. Come on, mom. Don't even finish that statement, please. (laughs) That's fucked up. Anyway, dude, have you? Okay, that whole bit. Mm -hmm. Who watches porn with their friends like in a living room daytime? I loved 16 year old jocks. That's true. That is true. But Huey was fucking hilarious this episode. He's like, you can't watch porn. It's it's daylight. Dude, that was a, a, for a minute. I thought he was going to say, dude, you can't watch porn. I thought that's what he was going to say. But then when he said when daylight, when there's when daylight, there's day I was out, like, that yeah. is, that's valid. It's kind of like drinking. Like yeah. you feel like you can't, even though who gives a shit, honestly, right. If you work nights, you might want to drink in the morning. But typically the, the social mindset is what you drink after five. Right. If you drink, if you're a day drinker, there's probably something wrong with you. If you're a day porn watcher, you know, right. same so, kind of thing. Same thing. If you feel, you know, if you're watching porn at one o'clock in the afternoon, especially with people around. Yeah. Well, then again, you know, we're in this pandemic and we're working from home, right? A lot of people are working from home. Mm, yeah. you, you might suddenly get the urge and be like, well, let me make sure my Zoom camera's off. Let me shut that and type in Pornhub and look up some blowholes. Don't sex. do it on the system. 
Don't do it on the same laptop. I'll tell no. you that right now. That's yeah. a rookie mistake. You don't want to share screen by accident with your boss. Like, oh, I show a prank caller. I've been hacked. It's all fucking the boss, like porn. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching secretary. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus. Yeah, that's uh, that's where this episode went. Really dark. Yeah. And not just from the daytime porn, as Huey said, but there was some graphic violent deaths in this one. Huey, dude, was probably my favorite bit this whole episode. He was fucking hilarious. He's good. I love Quaid, dude. Dude, um, Jack, Jack Quaid, Quaid He's is good. fantastic. Yeah. And they've done a, this episode had a lot of his humor juxtaposed with some really dark subject material. Mm-hmm. And that ending. Wow. I, shocking. A little shocking. Like you knew something bad was going to happen, but you figured one, maybe two, maybe somehow there's some corporate. Oh, hold on. We've got some lawyer loophole shit. I don't think anybody expected the, you know, Jiffy pop bonanza. That was that Jiffy entire room. Pop. Well, I thought a Homelander talking about Jiffy pop <laughs> earlier in that season. They were setting it up. They're setting it up. Honestly, dude, heads popping is something that's always kind of bothered me. I don't know really? why. Yeah, I know it's silly. I know a lot of people think violence like this is just silly and funny. But honestly, dude, I, it doesn't bother me like meaning I won't watch it. It's, it won't prevent me from watching a show. Right. It won't. If the show's good, I don't care what it has in it. If it's written well and there's, you know, just tons of great acting, I'm going to watch it. But honestly, dude, I just don't care for gore. Especially see, like heads popping and see, I don't care for gore as in like I don't need gore for entertainment. Yeah, it was one of my biggest complaints as Walking Dead started to go downhill was that we're not we don't have strong story or character driven <laughs> moments. We just have you see how gross and disgusting that zombie corpse was, or yeah. how this death was so horrifyingly violent. I've always thought there's something kind of off with you if you need that to make it entertaining. And at the well, right those time, those are horror audience. Well, um, thank you, Thomas. You know, you're welcome. At the same time, the right amount in the right context at the climax of like a horror movie or something. Well, you're right. Can be very, very powerful. Well, even horror. I mean, it's supposed to there's be. A, there's a difference between Nightmare on Elm Street and the thing level of gore. Yeah. Versus just hostile. Well, Why are we watching? Hold this? on. Hold on. The first hostile was pretty powerful. Not Saw. Hmm. Saw as well, though. There's some hostile two some, though. Come hostile on. two is a fucking. What the fuck is wrong? No, with you that people? one is a disaster. But the first yeah. one actually had a pretty good statement oh. here being made. Either way, the but for me, the head explosion thing was never much like that. Didn't bother me to the same degree. I don't need it, but that doesn't bother me. Like for me, it was always been like limbs or Ooh, like yeah. the eye, yeah. eye stuff. Like because to me, if you're gonna die. Well, you're dead. You don't know any better. It just was like a, it's just kind of like a gunshot. It's instant, but it's the, it's the maiming and the forever, the forever damaged, forever lacking a piece of yourself that fucks with me and creeps me out. That's the stuff that I'm like, Fuck your penis is popped. Instead. Oh, like the guy with the ice chick. He banged. Oh my God. Yes. That was more horrifying to me than the head pop. Yes. That was that appalling. Or like the very first episode with Gecko when he guys like chopping his arm off. I was like, That's what right. the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. That, that was that. Or the yeah. ears thing with daredevil wannabe. Like That's true. That yeah. stuff fucks with me way more than just and the head. You're dead. Yeah. All right. It's, it's terrible. It's horrifying, but there's no suffering in it, I guess. 
Yeah, that's valid. So that's my whole thing. This this started off as a great conversation, yeah, though. Porn, I think. porn and gore. Limbs popping. Yeah. I mean, people we're, are signing we're out. right on top. Sign up for Patreon. Someone's Head on over <laughs> to Rainman Digital. Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Subscribe. Hear all other things that we talk about before and after the show. It's totally worth the money, and it helps us continue to do great things like this if you're a fan. It's true. I hope you are. If this is the first time you've listened on episode seven, weird choice. Thanks for listening. Hope you stick around. I think fan is a bit much. How about listener? Listener. An avid listener. No one should be fans of us. Yeah, don't be a fan of us, please. But if you're an avid listener, then that's great. Yeah. So again, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. Subscribe to the behind the scenes tier for just $3 a month. You get that and a bunch of additional content all below that tier for other shows on the network. So let's let's skip straight past the violence and gore. We've talked about that enough. Let's get into the actual episode. So this is season two, episode seven, Butcher, Baker, and Candlestick Maker, directed by Stefan Schwartz and written by Craig Rosenberg. The synopsis is to help Victoria Newman make a case against Vaught. Mallory and the boys look to an unlikely source for answers. Huey gets terrifying news about Starlight. Meanwhile, Homelander and Stormfront further their master plan for Compound V. We'll, we're not going to get into that part just yet, but is it really a master plan? No, not really. It feels like a barely kind of controlled feels like a social plan. media thing. And he recovered points real quickly like that. But that's that's America, bro. It's been three days. So who gives a yeah, shit? It's anymore? like, well, what's the next problem? Yeah, that is true. Moving on to the next trend we want to bitch about. That is true. Now, with this episode, once again, Homelander and Butcher seem to be our lead characters over Huey, over Starlight, over definitely over MM, which is sad because I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, Frenchie, Maeve, everybody else is kind of taking a backseat to these two. And it would seem that the writers themselves are now... It's been in the works for a bit. Absolutely. But this episode really hammered home the parallels between these two. And some of that comes down to their father figure background. Some of that comes down to how they interact with others and how they work to get what they want. And truthfully, their entire persona is far more similar than either of them want to believe and or accept. Yeah. And I, I might've mentioned this earlier this season but if you were to put them side by side, they are essentially the same person. One person, it's almost as if, hey, I took the left road, you took the right road. You know? Yeah. They're, one is, uh, they're both victims of, of their fathers, right? I think that was what was made more clear in this episode. Well, Butcher needed a reason why he was so fucked, frankly. You needed a reason as to why with Becca being found and that being solved and then in this, well, for the most part solved, but then in this same season, Becca saying that he always carried that hate, that anger with him. So we knew there was something else to it. There had to be something else that drove him, started this whole internal fire and, and these demons. And so when we see his father is the source of that. And we, we had a little bit of clues with Lenny. We didn't say what happened to Lenny. Did he die? You know, what happened there? Not really getting an answer at that time. It was, we needed this. They've been slow playing his issues toward his father. And 
problems that we weren't privy to during the first season that are more personal family problems, intimate problems. And we're dealing with a show now that we're closing in on 16 whole episodes. Yeah. <laughs> really? You're not really given a lot of time. So I will say that the writers this episode, they found quick ways to move things along. I know you and I had been kind of harping on, not kind of, definitely harping on the fact that a butcher was a little kind of lost since episode four. Yeah. Um, and this episode, they found ways to quickly bring him back into the fold. And the focus that we had on him in this episode was definitely needed. And I felt like the writers definitely flexed their talent by bringing the father in, bringing, actually bringing Butcher's father in because it was a very quick way to vocalize and frame a few ideas, a few thoughts that we needed to be overtly stated because they've alluded to issues with the father. I mean, we, we understand his upbringing was tough, but now we see it. We hear it straight out with the fact that his father is dying. His mother brought the father to see him, not for the father, but so that butcher can realize he's weak. He has no power over him. And we then see that his upbringing made him tough, made him mean, made him strong, and essentially made him a survivor. And that's something that we've been needing for the last four episodes, I'd say. Three, three and a half episodes. And they were, to, yeah. they were able to hammer that home and create those parallels with Homelander in such a satisfying way. Yeah, there's definitely the, the idea that the fathers are the reason that they're as fucked up as they are. You know, season one, we had Vogelbaum talking about the whole situation with Homelander and how he grew up and it was his greatest failure completely fucked thing to say especially to a kid in this season we have butcher and his dad going out at the roof i was convinced he was going to throw him off the cliff like off the railing dude we would have lost it would have lost so many supporters of butcher like can you really support uh i was with i was team walter white all the way through (laughs) to this day that guy did nothing wrong man yeah (laughs) yeah i'm for good characters whether or not they're evil well, yeah, but if he threw his father off the yeah, balcony, his that, would, child beater, that would be you know, crossing you know, over yeah. to, yeah, but his father's also the reason that was the entire point. I mean, dude, I know. the father made him who he is, the reason why, and that's why being a parent is complicated. That's why the, that's why Butcher is interesting because yeah, he's a product of his upbringing. He's broken. There's no question about that. Him and Homelander are both broken because of their fathers. Unfortunately, one became a sociopath who is callous and cold and doesn't. I was about to get there. One one that doesn't understand emotion because he had no affection. And then the other who's also possibly a sociopath, but still experienced some type of affection. But one uses his strength for his idea of goodness. And the other is a selfish child. Selfish, yeah. And that's really the biggest difference. Like I did think he was going to throw his dad because he's been so violent and stuff. Yeah. But the fact that he didn't says a lot because he will have no problem murdering like anybody else. Well, look at what Homelander did to Vogelbaum. Let him. Yeah. He paralyzed him. Yeah. And Butcher looked at his father and what did he do? He realized, holy shit, I'm him. Yeah. I better back off. And that's why he ran out. Well, and that's the worst thing. Listen, none of us wants to be the worst of our parents. 
Right. I don't think even if you love your father and you love your mother, we all know our parents flaws. We know them. And the worst thing that can happen to any of us is when we actually do something and we're like, holy fuck, I just sounded like my fucking dad. Yep. It's, yeah, that I mean, is this disturbing. is an ex- this is an exaggerated. Oh, yeah. You know, situation of that. But essentially, it's the same thing. Well, his his dad, for what he did, he gave him strength and he made him not afraid. And he's the toughest motherfucker around, you know, and all that stuff. But there is a price that comes with that, that he has a hard time connecting with other people, that he is basically a sociopath. And when he lashed out at his dad, and like you said, him taking that step back because his mom stopped him. He's he realizes very much that his father holds up a mirror. And if he isn't careful, he will become just like him. And I think that reinforces the idea of why he needs Huey, why he needs the rest of the gang, why that entire relationship matters to him. Because he had Lenny for the longest time. When he lost Lenny, that's where he started to really go down that dark path that Becca knows of, that we've seen since he lost Becca. And basically, Huey's his life raft at this point. And this shows us just the ocean of hatred and fucked up misery that he was in. And he really is, like you said, very similar to Homelander. Homelander didn't have any of the response or the the love and relationship stuff. But the end result is very, very similar. You know, both people, Vogelbaum and his dad, which do we get a name? For the dad? Yeah. I don't remember. You just call him Mr. Butcher. He was a cunt. We know that. Yeah, call according him cunt to the butcher. Mom. Cunt Butcher. All right. Was it Sam? Maybe. Yes, it's Sam. I just looked it up. That doesn't yeah. sound right, though, but it is. It says it on IMDb. John Noble hmm. was the actor and uh, Sam Butcher. Hmm. Which, by the way, I don't think we're done with his dad. Because no, you cast so. John Noble, and John Noble is a fucking amazing fantastic actor. actor i mean dude is fantastic so there's no way you're gonna cast this guy and never bring For him that back one again. scene come yeah. on but you know he created turned butcher into the monster he kind of is now vogelbaum did the same thing to homelander he felt that he had to make homelander the strongest man in the world butcher's dad felt that he had to make him hard tough enough to survive this fucked up world as he called it both of those fathers failed. Both Homelander and Butcher have borderline, well, not even borderline, full-on sociopathic tendencies. The parents thought that they were doing what they needed to to get the end result that they wanted, and they broke their kids. Even if parents aren't aware, sometimes they fuck their children up. Yeah. You don't get the idea that, at least I didn't, I didn't get the idea that Butcher's father was a horrible, shitty person. He was a hard person. He was an old school parent who probably pushed a little too hard. Well, he beat him. So yes. Yeah. And what was his justification? Make him tough. Make him tough. Yeah. That old, like 1950s beyond an older mentality, which is definitely child abuse. Don't get me wrong. Nobody's arguing that. But I'm saying that there, but there's a difference between that fucked up background childhood and like full on, what Homelander will be to Ryan or what even Vogelbaum yeah. was to Homelander. That, right. That was a whole other level. Right. And whatever the, inter- the interpretation is, I mean, that's the thing about TV is you can interpret it any way you want, whatever it means personally to the viewer. But 
I mean, one thing is clear. They were, in fact, excuse me, trying to draw parallels between the two. I mean, they, there was a word they used whenever for, they used it each time Butcher was involved. Strongest strength, strong, strongest man in the world. It feels like in a lot of ways they're, they're posing questions possibly for questions or possibilities for Butcher. Butcher isn't too far gone. Mm-hmm. And there is a sense of responsibility he does play or he does have. Right. Will he be strong enough to make the right decisions? Will he be the champion of the world? Will he make the right decisions that actually saves people? Will he become less of a, a minor nuisance? Because that's kind of that's what he is. That was a minor nuisance at this point. <laughs> Will he become more than a minor nuisance and become a true anti-hero and actually take the war straight to Vought? Because right now it's more about him. Personal. It's about Becca. It's about what they did to him. When is he going to start looking at the bigger picture? Well, I think, you know, like you said, there's a strength aspect. You can argue that it takes a certain type of strength to make the tough decisions, make decisions that nobody else wants to nobody else Absolutely. feels comfortable with yep the idea that he'd sacrifice i mean we even saw it with him versus black noir where he told everyone else to run away he'd sacrifice himself whether that was stupid or not is a separate question yeah sacrifice himself for others it's very very tough to be somebody who can make those decisions and not be a huey you know because there's a different strength of doing quote the right thing to save your friends and having that moral high ground and that you can stand on and a different kind of strength to do what you know is fucked up. There are a lot for the of the right people. end game. Right. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. No, you are right. And that's another point they were trying to stress. They were trying to show us the difference between him and his brother as well. His brother wasn't strong enough. So what did his brother do? He put a bullet yeah. in his mouth and ended it. Whereas Butcher is strong enough to take on some of the most violent people in the world and make decisions that may not. Oh, what's the best way to say this? There are people that cannot do what he's doing. Correct. Mentally. They don't have the stomach for the it. fortitude. And in a lot of ways you can see that, or you can say that, Hey, are you sacrificing your own soul to save everyone else? Are you making the decisions that others cannot make? You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, right? Hey, I will do what I need to do because in the end, the justify it just the, the what's, it, what's the word? The, the, the end the, the justifies, ends justifies the, means. the means. Yeah. Yeah. And you could argue that at the same time. And that takes certain level of strength to put up with that because there's a lot of people that would might make those decisions. And then at the end of the day, they're going to go into a dark room and end it because they can't live with themselves. Yeah. And I think it's it's tough. It's Butcher plays a role that you kind of need, but nobody wants. That he'll do something that will condemn himself, destroy himself, sacrifice himself. Also, people don't want to accept that those people must exist. Yeah. They do. I know a lot of people want to, in today's society, want to pretend that these people don't exist. 
But these people are how we live our lives. These types of people like Butcher are the reasons why we have the freedoms we have. Well, it's, and the, it's and the, our way of life. What is it? A few good men. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. That whole speech of the doing the terrible things so that you sleep soundly at night. Nobody wants to admit that, but that's the world we live in. And Butcher's one of those people. There's he a asked, reason he was yes. an SAS member. Yep. You know, if you think all the military guys, Navy SEALs, Black Ops stuff are just the nicest people, you're kind of wrong. They may be nice people, but that doesn't mean they haven't done terrible fucking things because they knew they had to. Yeah. So that's a whole murky area. And I think we're really going to see that come to light in this final episode and possibly season three. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had, he's tried so hard to listen to everyone else. Huey, MM, Mallory, politicians. I loved when he said, what if you don't have enough evidence, then what the fuck are you all good for? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Jesus. Yeah. But that entire idea of like, well, if we're going to go for the King, we can't miss. He's going to just burn the kingdom to the ground now yeah because this whole season it's nothing to lose anymore it's something you brought up earlier off air this whole season is about the whole show is about taking out the soups he hasn't done that once this season there has been no death no translucent no shot on starlight Mm -hmm. and they're winning we don't know who's popping heads we don't know what exactly the main plan of vaught is but between black noir blowing up his aunt's house and Vogelbaum getting what is it scanners you know and everyone else in that room this is a he's 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 tried it everyone else's way mm-hmm. he's and that end shot of him fuming at the camera oh, I love he it. is fucking done well, and if that means V for Vendetta blow up all of <laughs> Vought Corporation himself in it yeah. he's gonna do it because you're right he has nothing anymore and he tried it their way and still they fucking escape. So fuck it. Cause you know what? You can't escape a bullet. Like that's where he's at right now. And it's a dark place, but it's also really interesting to watch. Yeah. It's the moment that I know you and I both have been waiting for. Like you just mentioned off air, we were talking about the concept of the show and that it is, you know, essentially the concept is the boys take on soups. Yeah. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of that. Sure, there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of running. Then there's a lot of planning and plotting. But we haven't actually seen them go up against the soups. They have not. They've been playing a lot of defense. And possibly, maybe that's that works. Because the first season was offensive for them, right? Right. So now they're playing defense. But I think it's about to go right back to them playing offense. I mean, you got to remember, this is also a superhero show. Yes, it's a it's a twist on the superhero genre, but you're still de- dealing with good and bad. You're still dealing with the with the different archetypes. You're dealing with the classic hero archetypes like Starlight. But then you're also dealing with the anti-hero archetype. And Butcher is that. And I feel like yeah. what they're trying to do, and I this is going to become a lot more clear in the upcoming episode, you're going to see a man that makes a decision that's going to damn himself possibly or perhaps save the day or both. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I feel like they are setting up butcher to be again. This is a superhero show and it feels like they're finally positioning him to be 
I hate to say the dark night of the show, but he kind of is. He the kind dark of knight. is, though. I mean, he's the hero no one wants, but the hero we need. He's the true anti-hero. And I go right back to the whole strongest man in the world from, from Vogelbaum. Yeah. I mean, he says that to Homelander and then Butcher's dad says, I made did it to make you strong. Like, there's no reason. There's a reason you use those phrases together side by side. Exactly. And there are a lot of allusions to him becoming the hero of the story. Well, and the thing is, though, too, I saw another possibility with that. Yes, he could be the antihero. Yes, he could do something that saves everybody, but he could also become that which he fears or hates the most. And I think the best scene of this episode to me where I was just 100% captivated and paying full attention and applauded Carl Urban's acting throughout the entire scene was his conversation with Vogelbaum where he threatens every one of his family members, your daughter, their kids, your sons, the husbands, the wives, Everyone, he scorched earth, scorched earth, motherfucker, unless you help me. And Vogelbaum almost says it. He's like, how can you be like dot, dot, dot trails off? The question is, how can you be like so fucked up and and monstrous? And then just like Homelander, the second someone else came into the picture, he's like, oh, thanks for the tea. And he's just, it's been so long since I've had. And that all that fakeness. And there's more of that parallel. And then he just stares at him as he drinks the tea. That is a scene in which you could have put Homelander in and it would have felt exactly the same. Easily. He's just like Homelander right now. And it's weird. They're almost doing like a difference because Homelander is now getting a wife and kids almost (laughs) to care about while Butcher's losing everything and is going full fucking dark night to the, to, to the nth degree. Vogelbaum created Homelander, but that monster created other monsters and it has a ripple effect. And now he's paying those repercussions. Well, was going to presumably, yeah, but that was a terrifying and intense, well-acted, well-directed scene because, god damn, was that terrifying. And we always talk about setting things up. Yeah. That scene wouldn't have worked as well if you didn't have the scene with the father beforehand. Yeah. Essentially looking at the monster. You know, that mirror aspect of, hey, you're just like me. Look what you just did. Your brother wouldn't have done this. Yeah. So you needed that. It was powerful. It worked really well. Yeah. And, you know, it is nice to see that because the last few episodes it had, we had said it felt like Butcher's story was so, somewhat meandering and it was nice. Yeah. It was it was not really going anywhere. So it's nice to see that the writing team does have a plan for him is moving his piece along the chessboard a little bit more. And while it is they're they're structuring the story to accommodate a familiar but new direction for him. Yeah. And at the same time, when it comes to Homelander, they're kind of doing, like I said, the opposite where he was this loose cannon, didn't give a fuck about anyone or anything. And now he finds himself in a relationship with his son, which I think he will soon learn. He doesn't really want that much to do with, which will be, I think he likes Ryan in theory. He likes the idea of being a dad, the idea of having a kid, once Ryan gets a little too annoying or wants too much attention and tension is taken away, attention is taken away from Homelander. It's going to be like an older brother, little brother, fuck you sibling attitude a little bit more. 
but maybe Stormfront will reel him in. I mean, he was going to say, talk mad shit about the kids Lego stop animation movie. And Stormfront gave him that look, and he's like, oh, it's really good, kid. I think he doesn't have a lot of patience. He doesn't. He has zero because patience. Because he's a child himself. And what do you need to be a parent? Yeah. You need patience, and you need not be a child. So he's not going to like having Ryan around forever. Yeah, he's going to want the tit. He's not going to want to share it. <laughs> he's going to scram, Ryan, scram. Well, and that comes down to, like, again, I think he does theoretically love Ryan. And want what's best for him. He says that as much. And if Homelander hates lying so much, there's no reason to really think he's flat out lying to him right now. But at the same time, he has no clue how to genuinely love anyone or anything. Yeah. He's not equipped to deal with that. And with with Becca out of the picture which that was a completely fucked up manipulative way to do that. And you knew it was happening the whole time. Like Stormfront was, Dude, I just don't like Stormfront. She's a bitch. Dude, I, She's but, a cunt. Like, l- listen, why would I, you like her? I can, f- I can get behind some of her other agendas. Listen, not the, not that she, <laughs> hold on a second. Not that I condone racism, but from someone born in 1912. Nazi Germany. I'm like, listen, that's her ideology. So she's been brainwashed to, to believe in something. I'm like, right. all right, fine. You can you can move past that. Yeah, I understand. I'm objective enough, not saying it's right, it's wrong, but I'm objective enough to understand that people, why people are born certain ways and why they act certain ways. Dude, but now that she is just manipulating and trying to replace the mother, I'm that's just something that did that because I Rubs have a child. I get it gets under my skin, man, as it should like that as it's designed to do so. Yeah. Becca at least could get through to Homelander and make him see things from a different perspective and like tried to work on some sort of give and take relationship as fucked up as it was. Whereas Stormfront's just a take take relationship. Well, that's that's the reason why. Okay, so going back to writing 101, let's do a little lesson here. So stupid. Homelander is our main character in a lot of ways. Him and Butcher. Right. You have to give him likable qualities. Even though he's a terrible person, he's a shit person, but there are ways that you make him charismatic and likable. They continually bait us as an audience. This season, it's the sun. In an episode like this, it's the sun. You get the idea that he does care for the boy. In, and yes, in a limited way, it's the only way he knows how to, but he does care about his son. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like it is obvious that Becca got through to him. At that moment, but he's also very easily manipulated. And yeah, that's I mean, Stormfront's influence is is more powerful than Becca's rationale. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to make a yes, he's going to be a shitty father. He's going to teach him stupid things. We've already seen it. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to make the right decision for his son unless we're done with Homelander. If we're going to keep imagine we are, if we keep Homelander around, we got to maintain something likable about him. And honestly, when he was sincere, that, that when is it just me or did you not interpret that moment with Becca as, as a sincere moment? No, when he was talking about it, she's lying and it's going to fuck him up. No, when he when she says, listen, I'm his mother. He needs to stay with me when she took him outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a sincere moment. Yeah, because he says to her, 
you got to tell them the truth. Kind yes. Because it will fuck them up. That happened to me. Yes. And that, that was genuine. Yes. Right. And the fact that he go, he has a lot of emotional pain because of not having a parent and being lied to. And that's a saving grace right now. When you're writing a story like this, you got to give that care. You got to give a character like this, that, that saving grace. And right now it's his son mm-hmm. and his own internal emotional problem. And the way they've connected it to Ryan and him wanting to be a father is a powerful connection. And I don't see them just simply pissing that away by making him do something awful to the kid. I feel that he's going to make decisions that he thinks are right right for his son. And hopefully at the end of that, he realizes that Becca is the better Oof. choice. Do you think that he'll have a change? Like by trying to be a parent, he'll learn he's how difficult it is and what it means to try and love. Like, do you see him Storm going that route or do you see him being Front. like accidentally killing Ryan and being like, Oh fuck. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Stormfront Stormfront's very smart and she knows that having a mother for his son is important. That's why she said, and he will have a mother. Yeah. But is that okay with Homelander? Really, is it okay mm. for someone to replace his true mother? Ooh, that's that'll be interesting. Yeah, and I think that's going to play a part. Because once Homelander realizes he's being manipulated, it is game over for Stormfront. Do we still think that she'll be out this season? No. You think she's in the season three? Yeah. Yeah, Probably. They're building. Then again, the way the episode ended, I think the Dave of the superhero is done. Oh, 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 sorry. I'm like, in terms of this world, this world, this fictitious world, the jig is up, dude. Yeah. I mean, Vought is now making superheroes. Everyone knows all it's going to take is a couple rational thinkers to start saying, why are these people superheroes? Why are you choosing superheroes? Why are you special? You Who guys are you literally God? made. Anybody can have your abilities. What's the difference between you and I? And once that rationale gets out there, combined with on live news, people are yeah. being murdered. That and, did not do them any And favors. the two leaders do nothing to save anyone they just walk around that in was circles huge dude they're just walking like huh that's weird and the only person that does anything to save someone was, is a, was mallory. mallory yeah so that's on live news people saw that so yeah. i have a feeling that the superhero craze well, well how do you stop that too their celebrity status is going to be challenged during next season i don't think it's going to be rainbows and movies and it's done after that we see homelander and i mean look at ashley ashley said what the fuck do something yeah they did nothing on live television yeah not a good look and then mave releases the video of homelander making a decision to leave all those people in the plane that has to play a part you don't bring that up and not do anything and not do anything with it so now you combine that the jig is up for Homelander and possibly Vought. Could be. At this level, obviously Vought can still maintain their villain status. Well, they're, they're the a question was, company. was Vought the one who did it, too? Right. But I think they're 
their positive PR as a, a, a role model in the community. Yeah, is done. Is and, done. And then their defense, their defense deal is going to be up. You think the United States is going to keep them? Well, All these it, things are going to start coming out. It showed that even with those powers, there's some things you can't do anything about. Well, think about this. What How- was Homelander going to punch that would have solved that situation? And Shockwave himself was in the room, which I loved that he was in the room just to be like, hey, remember this cuck from from a couple of from last season? Yeah. He shows up the elevator, mean mugs, a train and then just gets exploded. That made me laugh. Like we brought you back to die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They said they're going to need them. The Church of Light brought that up. Hey, you're going to need or the Church of the Collective. Yeah. Get in that. And we'll get in that. Get into that in a moment. But. Mm -hmm. Dude, there's so many things going on that it could honestly go in any direction. I mean, again, yeah, what do you do when heads are popping? But how can you spin the complete inaction, inaction, callous behavior? Why didn't he pick people up and fly them out the window? Like, there's going to be a lot of questions. And also that defense deal, getting back to that, that's going to be pulled for a lot of reasons. Because the reason why they got that job, if you remember, is because of what happened with the plane last season. Mm-hmm. how Homelander spun that entire thing to work for them. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if that video gets out, that's done. That's done. Yeah. That's going to look like a direct lie. Well, not going to look it's like initially it's, done. it's clear. Yeah. So I, I do agree. I think the superhero angle is up. I do wonder who's behind that. Cause let's talk about the ending bit for a minute. Yeah. Who was behind that, right? Earlier this season, we see the one girl with psychic powers that kind of resembled that ability to like just crush from a distance. Talk about the girl from last episode? The girl from the Mm -hmm. psych ward, yeah, from the previous episode. And she got in a car and escaped. So is she involved or does Vought have... Because they killed the the lead guy and Vogelbaum first. The rest, I think, were just chaos and collateral damage. They took out. So it doesn't look so obvious. So it doesn't trying. look as that yeah. it's Vought who did it to hide their evil doings, but more of a terrorist attack, maybe to spin it. But then Homelander and Stormfront and even Maeve fucked up the delivery by not trying to save anybody. So maybe it was them, because I think the only other one, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, is the church. Perhaps they have such sort of knowledge and and influence and control, but that seems like a really aggressive step for them. So then who else is there? there? Are there others? I can't actually believe it's terrorists. There's a lot going on because you have the whole setup for the coup, right? Right. The internal struggle for power within VOD. Then you have the collective. Perhaps. What's Stan Edgar and, and Black Noir up to compared to the rest of the company? Oh, Black Noir's dead because he's a punk Is he ass. really dead from a fucking Almond Joy? Dude, that'd be amazing. That'd be the bitchest way to die for such a cool, funny character. <laughs> like, I think it'd be great. That'd be so stupid. <laughs> Ooh, anaphylactic shock. Like, Imagine, I, what if that was his ending and the actor but that the read thing. the screen was like, wait, what the fuck? Come on. I'm going to die from an Almond Joy? Here's the thing. If... If you were going to have him die from some tree nut allergy, because I did like that idea Mm -hmm. that for all their superpowers, they're still humans. Yeah, they're vulnerable. They're still vulnerable to things. But the person who should figure that out and kill a soup with a fucking almond joy should be Huey. Yeah. 
that is would have worked a little better. Does that? He killed Translucent. He fucked up A Train, sort of, kind of. It would fit more his style. It would fit his style. Outwitting yeah. them, being this guy you completely underestimate, who's then smarter than most. And of also, you. Brave Maeve should have used one of her Brave Maeve bars with nuts in it. If she was gonna do it, that would have been funnier. You know, that would have been that would have been funnier. Yeah, that would have <laughs> that would have been funnier. <laughs> but they wouldn't get the product placement for Almond. That's joy. true. Yeah, I I do hope that he's not dead. But at the same time, that raised some questions of. If he's not dead, he's coming for Maeve. Like Brave Maeve. Brave Maeve. He knows who did that. But the whole end scene, graphic, horrifying, I, I don't know. Do you think it was Vought? Part of me thinks it was. I don't know. And the rest of the murders are a cover-up. Or mm. do we just wait and find out? If it was Vought, would they really want two of their superheroes looking like complete schmucks? Yeah. No. But then why? I mean, if whoever did this clearly killed the CIA member, and this might be where it gets into far deeper than just Nazi propaganda, because even Lamplighter knew that there was a whole building ward well, okay. part of Vaughn. Well, that's why there's a lot of questions. How did, yeah. did, did she not know about his son? About, did, she, did Stormfront not know about Homelander's son? Presumably she didn't. That's... A lot of like, how does she, she's supposed to be at the center of a lot of things, right? But she doesn't know about that. Well, then that brings up what we said before. So maybe she thinks the old guard is still what it is. Yeah. And Stan Edgar and whomever else is actually controlling things have changed things. Yeah. There are other. Because they hid that from Homelander and they hid that from Stormfront. There's no way they would tell Stormfront. Yeah. Over Homelander on that kind of thing. There are other factions. There's other groups that we There's have yet to be. see how they play into this. But honestly, I. To, to keep things a little more tidy and, and cleaned up because it's starting to get a little messy. It is. There's just a lot. It is. The collective probably should be. If I was writing this, which I'm not, but if I was, the collective would be the one that's trying to usurp power. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I mean, they're the only other in, major group that's been introduced. They want to put people that are, that are compromised and loyal to them. Loyal to them and put them back into positions of power within Vought. How many other people have they done this to? They started with Stormfront. Yeah. So there could be other people that that have loyalties to them or the very least will be blackmailed if they don't have loyalty. Right. Look what they did to the Eagle Archer. There's got to be a reason why that was positioned to play end, out right in this episode that yeah there's got to be a reason they, they want to show us the audience that they're someone not to fuck with yeah and i think that'll be a huge part of the upcoming season for sure and that entire idea of of controlling the masses controlling the group we see a lot of that in this episode i mean the entire episode opened with a statement of the dangers of radicalization and whether that's, you know, the church of the collective or simply media and the power of celebrity and the influence that they have on society, that entire beginning is painted as somebody who is influenced by the opinions and political beliefs of one celebrity. Dude, it's, it resonated. I know because you and I talk about stuff like this all the time. Constantly, yeah. Just in our day-to-day friendship. We don't not show stuff, just right. things that bother us. Right. 
And you and I are very bothered by society and essentially the brainwashing of individuals. And no one wants to call it brainwashing because that comes with such negative connotations. It's such a horrible word. But when you are completely inundated with political ideology all day, every day from social media, the news, Instagram, radio, I mean, even merchandising, branding. Yeah, all of it. That is fucking brainwashing and you're feeding into propaganda. It's awful. It's actually the new way of propaganda. When you think about it, it's the new way of how to do propaganda. If this was, let's go back to Nazi Germany mm-hmm. and they had all the technology we have today. Oh, fuck dude. This is what they would do. So to see how they open up the episode with how this Dude was just completely just hit at every part of his life when he wakes From up dawn till dusk. And that's exactly what happens. Push notifications to your phone, tweets, Facebook. It's Podcast, just radio. It's not TV. It's nonstop, dude. It's non fucking stop. And then look what happens because you are indoctrinating people. You're radicalizing individuals. And it's not, I mean, they did a great job with that in the opening, but it wasn't just that. It's the Church of the Collective. Yep. Same thing. Yeah. When they say, fuck off to Eagle the Archer, and the Deep's like, yeah, he was kind of a prick. Immediately. <laughs> dude, such a funny, yeah, fucked he's up pussy, scene. Though, dude. He's, he's the like, best yeah. friend of mine. Really helped me through a dark time. Yeah, fuck him. No, you're right. He was a total cuck. Something seemed weird about him. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Way to sell your friend up river. I did like, I hate A-Train, but I like that A-Train wasn't completely ignorant to what the fuck just happened there. No, he's not dumb. He's not dumb. Yeah. And he knew from his moments with Starlight, we know he's not dumb. And he waits and, and he's not about to, ironically, he's not about to play fast and loose with his hand. But it's the same thing, the same fear, preying upon fear. Yeah. Preying upon other people's emotions and being constantly bombarded with that stuff. And this, that is one of those things that I thought I didn't like how it was portrayed that it was like the, the kind of neck beard esque guy who lives with his mom kind of thing. Why did you like that? Because that's always the narrative. And I think it's far more powerful to say that anybody can be indoctrinated, not just like the ones you think the cliche. It's a little cliche. Yeah, well, you're the cliche person who listens to that stuff, who believes, who would do that kind of thing. Your mother that checks Yahoo Mail and she gets advertisements for whatever news topic. Yeah, she's also being brainwashed. She's also indoctrinated. Yeah, I mean, the fact is, most of us are in some way or another. Unless you you are somebody who is open and willing to understand change and change their viewpoints and listen to discussions and debate. If you are like steadfast on any one thing, except maybe a handful of things that is universally agreed upon, you're, you might be a bit. I mean, honestly, if you prefer one brand of chip or soda over another, you're technically right. indoctrinated or brainwashed by these advertisements. W- listen, we're not sitting getting on a soapbox here and saying no. we're not indoctrinated. Every single Coke one of is us is better than Pepsi. <laughs> I like I, Wendy's over McDonald's. And, but we're all like that. Yeah. We're all but, fucked up a little bit in that. But way. how you resist is being aware of it. And the problem yes. is, is that 95% Art. of the world is not aware of it. And this is an extreme example of that. But the church is another example. And I, I, while I didn't like immediately how they did that, I liked the message behind it. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
because it is a dangerous one. You can't disagree with that statement. No, you can't. Yeah. Do we need to go to break or are you wanting to wrap up? Uh, just do a quick live read. Okay. Wasn't sure. All right, guys. Now, if you want to hear more of the stuff we talk about, both behind the scenes in addition to this show, if you're fans of any other shows on the network, head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital, and subscribe to gain access to hours of additional fun content from all areas of geekdom, including the Hang With The Boys pre-show. And we are now offering annual membership rates, and when you choose to pay for a year, you receive two months free. So for our live video feed, if you're looking, you're looking at what does that come out to about $150 for the year. And for all our pre-shows, you can go $3 a month or 30 bucks for the year. So there's a big, there's a big savings difference there. If you are interested in that stuff, if you guys are big fans of the show, if you want to support us in any way, this is a new option. Any amount does help. We thank each and every one of you who is a Patreon member. And if you're thinking about it, it really does help us keep the lights on, do so much more, and bring you guys additional content each and every month. So if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Now, we've talked about Homelander and and Butcher and Stormfront plenty, but there was a lot of other little bits that happened with the other characters in this episode. And writer Craig Rosenberg was kind of had some themes generally to his character moments here. Uh, I'd say the prevailing one was defeat. Yeah. (laughs) Like a loss of hope, Mm -hmm. a loss of faith, giving up whatever way you want to identify it as. You see this in particular with Starlight and her conversation with her mom mm-hmm. in the very beginning that she felt. And that's the thing that I also this is why it's still regardless of some of the weaknesses or, or some of the things that are starting to go a little all over the map mm-hmm. this season. It's still a fantastic show. Yeah, because Starlight's entire bit of feeling like she was chosen, that she mattered and having that entire identity taken away from her when you find out that your parents did it all for money, that's soul-crushing. That's a complete loss of identity. That's why Black Noir was crying in the, alley, in, the, in the hallway. You know, that was a very painful moment. You have Mallory trying to tell M.M., get the fuck out. There is no winning this. And that was another moment of soul-crushing defeat that even I felt that was very much... 
superheroes are used as the base in this show for it, whatever it is, be it change of how things are done, how invasive corporations are, just kind of feeling defeated that you don't really win. The good guys don't win. The bad guys aren't punished. I mean, how many of us can identify with that? Oh, yeah. And that none of us are really that special. And when Mallory tells MM, get out and get to your family, that's all you get. You don't get to win. You get the family. And that's it. It's a very, especially as, as you know, part of the millennial, my retirement plan is complete societal collapse generation. Uh, that That strikes a chord. There aren't ways to win. You just kind of fucked out the get-go. I just feel like the... I, I, the tone of the show is so sincere to how we feel as uh, a society currently in the United States. Mm-hmm. And whether you agree with all the politics or not, especially some of the statements they made in this episode that could be debatable or at least controversial. Right. Um, not debatable, controversial. Controversial. I think a lot of us can agree with the tone of this show. Yeah. There is, it is not optimistic. You know, and that's, well, go ahead. No, that, that's pretty much the end of my thought. It's not and that's it's something not, that I, I kind of realized as somebody who's watched Kripke's stuff over the years. Yeah. Supernatural, for example, is literally the story of, of two brothers versus the world. Who will eventually triumph. Who will eventually triumph. That love and family and never giving up. There's optimism. Will will, will win yeah. at the end of the day. And the villains are defeated. And there is optimism, despite the darkness. The boys isn't that. The boys is, whether you want to say it's a more mature look at the world or a more defeated and broken look at the world. You're taking a realistic look through a lens that is a reflection of our society currently and how many of us feel. And that's fucking sad. Yeah. But that's why this show is powerful. That's why this show works on many levels because even if people don't realize what the show is doing and if you're just watching it to for sheer escapism, you know, the violence and the gore and the sex and the humor, that's fine. But at the same time, I think I feel like the big reason why this show is such a success is because it's connecting with many of us in a in a subtle way, in a way that many of us may not even realize it's connecting with us. Yeah. And, you know, those first two examples, Starlight and Mallory, are, are kind of depressing but moving forward and then you have the complete giving up which is lamplighter and i mean jesus fucking christ although honestly who didn't see that coming about halfway through the whole infiltration i thought he was on a mission to fuck the wife i mean i was kind Uh, of taken aback when once he saw the statue and got all sad i was like oh he's gonna fucking god damn it yeah like When he full on did that, that was fucking intense. Although Huey again souls, he's like, "Holy fucking shit!" Like, dude, his reaction, Jack Quaid, great. dude, yeah, he's so I good. Fucking love that. You guy. know, he's one of the actors' uh, main voice talents on uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. That cartoon for Star Trek he's that I'm covering, than that dude, it's actually a pretty good show now. Mm. It it got good, man, and he is really fucking good in it. Just his dude, it's he's good. He's man. got good comedic delivery. Yeah, but. You know, all of them felt defeated. 
to various different degrees. And it does make you, especially with the show, the more we learn about the heroes and the more like fucked up they are, you know, what are, what is anybody left to do when the heroes fail you? I think that's a big reason as to why superheroes are so popular these days. The world is bleak looking politics, especially in America makes and social media makes you see every horrible thing in the world on a daily basis that I just don't believe humans are equipped for. Well, don't the biggest problem. The reason why we are where we're at today emotionally is that we have put our faith in politicians and celebrities rather than ourselves. And when they fail and they're accused of a me too movement or a rape allegation or thievery behind Washington walls, whatever, whatever politicians are doing today and celebrities, suddenly people who are more level-headed, maybe mature adult people who've lived through life, maybe they can swim through those issues. But there are many young people who I I know myself for, for example, when I was in my twenties, I I mean, I did, uh, I don't want to say idol worship, but I absolutely had the celebrities that I adored. And every time they did something, I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. And there's also a statement being made in the show about that. The dangers of putting your faith in celebrity. Yeah. Because what do you do when that fails you? You know, and you again, lose hope and burn yourself alive. I Exactly. And I think there's a reason, a sad psychological reason that superheroes are so beloved and big today. It's not because Marvel figured out a connected cinematic universe. Oh, that is a big reason. It, it's, it's a monetary reason. It's a factual reason. It's not a psychological reason. The reason that we flock to this shit is because we're a generation, whether it's millennials or, or Z or X or baby boomers, everyone alive right now is looking and praying and hoping that somehow, someway, someone else will fly down mm-hmm. and save us. A hot chick with big titties. A hot chick with big titties. Please. Queen Maeve's going to stop that truck. Please rescue me. We're looking for someone to rescue us, someone to save us from the darkness. Yeah. When the real fact of the matter is that we have to do it ourselves. Oh, look like at you. Like you said, the fact is we put our faith in celebrities and politicians to change things, and they're never going to. They're never the ones to lead us to, you know, paradise. They're not Homelander and, and Stormfront as we think they are. They're Homelander and Stormfront in reality. Yeah. You know, they're, they're these selfish people who don't really care. And when people finally take some fucking charge for themselves and don't rely and worship these other things, we might see some of this stuff change. But if you keep hoping that Superman's going to come help you out of the burning building, you will die in there. You have to find your way out. Yeah. As dark and depressing, but it's true. And and it, they, these people were just the main ones. I mean, Maeve had her own little bit of giving up hope, just defeated attitude. I mean, she has a, a great scene with uh, Elena. Why am I blanking on her name right now? Yeah, Elena. Elena. Her girlfriend? You. Her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She finally reveals, after Elena's wanted to know the truth and what's going on and who she is and tell me the truth and no more lies and all this stuff, Maeve finally comes clean. Yeah, that's a bullshit. And then she leaves her at the drop of the hat. That immediate rejection that if I show you who I truly am, you will leave and hate me. And they're like, no, I totally won't trust me. And then the second you do, they're gone. That is soul crushing. Yeah. And that's what happens to her. And then she goes off on a sex weed bender and 
That's a good even, bender, though. It's a good bender, but it's a, it's a hollow victory. And then when she helps Star- Starlight, she doesn't leave with her because she's she's one of those. It's too late for me, Darth Vader with his mask off kind of kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I can't be saved at this point. And even if she were to be saved, who's she going to go to now? Me. The one, <laughs> the one person she loved is gone. She probably will release the video because she doesn't fucking care. And at least she can take Homelander out because she wants to die. Like they've given up. That's a sad state to leave this second to last episode on. I think the only one who walked away from this with a somewhat win was Starlight and Huey. Him showing that he's the hero who will help her despite just being a regular guy. And again, kudos to the quality of the the humor because he's like is that a human hand he's like yes yes it is come on now let's go (laughs) i think i think we could say butcher had a win too i mean that guy was ear to ear at the end he's like oh yeah it's time to get started (laughs) it's time to get started yeah dude i want to know what his plan is because everyone something was ignited it was like it it was almost like all right it's time he's gonna shoot up compound v right and then he's gonna be the shazam to to Superman or the uh, the Zod to Superman. <laughs> like, I don't think he was uh, he would contaminate himself. Well, then he'll fly into the sun and kill himself. So dumb. That's that. That's not an episode. That's not a good pitch. No. Oh, well. I think you probably should go back and write a show. I'll work for with the CW. I'll keep doing porn episodes with Ryan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so Mike, final thoughts. What do you give this episode? What do you think overall? I give it a ninety percent. It's a really strong episode. I really enjoyed everything they did with this episode. Everything we went through and the things we talked about and highlighted is what makes this episode so great. And the things we skimmed over is because uh, they're not so great. But again, we're dealing with a 90% episode. So that's a fucking high grade when you're looking at our RMD score system. Uh, the the negative or the 10% that it's missing or what what, what was our average? Uh, that we were giving these episodes like 95 98 <laughs> I, I think the drop for me uh, is possibly possibly has something to do with the fact that i'm afraid yeah i don't feel like we're in dangerous territory yet but i i see a lot of things just going all over the place uh last year you had one narrative plot device that transported the story forward and that was the boys as a group the boys as a group went through some shit right and because of that the show was tidy Mm -hmm. now we have various groups doing things at different times the boys are separated they're also building their own emotional arcs whereas last season their emotional growth and character development was worked on together. It was it was all intrinsic. It was all tied to one another. Yeah. Right. This season, a lot of people are doing a lot of different things. And the story is being held together by general themes. So that's a positive. If they didn't if I didn't pick up on themes every episode, I would be giving these episodes 70%. Yeah. But because every story is connected for the most part by a theme. It's keeping the idea of the show together. But everyone's character arcs are all over the place. Mm -hmm. It's a little, the show's a little imbalanced this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. But ho- hopefully they're just hit like a little bump and they'll get it all together by the end of next week or this upcoming episode. And then season three will be a, will be a tidy season because if they keep going like this, eventually by season four, you're going to have this, this massive game of Thrones problem. Yeah. So they got to bring it back a bit and, and focus a little more. Yeah. Uh, in good conscience, I have to give this one an 89. I have to drop it down from the nineties because while it is great, while, while scenes were captivating and well-written and well-acted, overall everything felt and i think this is something you had said off air everything felt like a separate little vignette a separate little video like this is really cool i can't wait to see more of this but none of it really felt like a tide or or meshed well together well the lamplighter thing was like what the fuck like why did you introduce why have him around you didn't need him at all he did nothing you didn't need him it brings up so many questions about why was he at the sage grove center as an orderly (laughs) if he's not being punished and why would they keep him in the system if he is being punished why is he surprised that his statue was gone like there's there's too many and ultimately if you're gonna not use him then why even not just kill him in the first episode have mallory put a round in his head or why even have him why have him hang out to watch porn if you remove him from the show you lose nothing yeah because you could have had a a plenty of reasons you can make up for huey to infiltrate vaught with some massive fucking balls and, and get in there to to try and freeze starlight like it didn't need to go down the way it did and if he's dead which clearly seems obvious what was the point you know so there's a lot of questions there's a lot of where's this going there's a lot of it's not tightness focused it's kind of like splattered all over the table and it doesn't mean it can't work it doesn't mean it can't come together to mean something but right now when we're approaching the end of the second season and halfway through this season felt like a restart almost that we had the finale with Becca saying, I'm not leaving with you, butcher Jesus. Fuck that sucks for him. And now we start new and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's lost. It just brings up a lot of questions without answers. And it shouldn't be doing that this late in the game. So still great. Still a fantastic show to watch. Still incredibly captivating, still incredibly compelling television but at a treetop level when you're in the forest it looks great when you at the treetop level there's a lot of sparsity and there's a lot of things that don't quite add up just yet so we got one more episode to see how it all ties together how it all is going to leave us a, a cliffhanger as i'm sure it will we know season three is coming around the corner which is well not around the corner but at least it's been confirmed which About is a good. year a year or so with covid you know oh that's right Probably a, lot, a, a lot of productions out. are being shut yep. down again. So, yep. oh, probably a little bit out, but you know, hopefully, this upcoming episode really gets everything tied together and really makes us excited for season three. Yeah. So, with that, that's going to do it here for Hang with the Boys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all. If you are fans, be sure to share the Patreon. Look into that. See if that's something you want to support. Any bit that you guys can do helps. Share the show. That does more than you know. Thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. You should fuck off, Huey.